field. Thank you, Felicity. That is our sports reporter, Felicity Reid, there. Now, returning to our earlier story, as you'd expect, National's fiscal plan is full of big numbers, but it also came with some chunky promises, including a bigger surplus and less debt than Labor is offering and a commitment to create, quote, powerful jobs and powerful paychecks for beneficiaries. In terms of savings, it plans to change the way benefits are calculated, tagging increases to inflation rather than wages, saving $2 billion over the forecast period. But it's looking to spend hundreds of millions more on prisoners with the number of inmates expected to rise due to its so-called tough-on-crime approach. While joining us now is National's Finance spokesperson, Nicola Willis. Kia ora, Nicola. Kia ora. Let's start with your mini-budget, right? You're going to release this before Christmas. So will civil servants know if they're going to be made redundant before Christmas? We will, uh, before Christmas, set out some of the savings and reprioritisations that we want to achieve. Uh, Before Christmas, we will also go to public sector chief executives and we will ask them to make to us their recommendations about the way they can make savings and the way their departments are run. Uh, We will then listen to those recommendations and make decisions. Right, so the answer is yes then. People will know if they're going to be made redundant um, by Christmas. They will have an indication. Well, we don't have a plan for making people redundant. What we have a plan for is working with chief executives and their senior public servants to hear from them what they think are the areas of government spending where they can trim back. Do you think people will lose jobs in that, Nicola? I mean, let's be upfront about this. You're asking for 6.5% cut in backroom budgets, right? Your own leader said today, you know, if that means 200 comms people are taken out of the back of the room and they're replaced with nurses, so be it. So, I mean, people are going to lose their jobs, aren't they? We've identified 24 agencies who've grown their departmental costs by more than 60%. We're asking for a 6.5% saving. That will mean job vacancies not being filled. That will mean jobs that are on projects that we are stopping will no longer be necessary. Do you think there will be job redundancies or not? I think that that will depend on the recommendations that chief executives make to us. It's a really important principle for us that the public service are engaged in working out where these savings are best made in the same way that every household and small business across the country in this cost of living crisis has had to look at their outgoings and work out where they can do a bit of trimming back. We want government agencies to do the same thing. Right. Given that you're doing a mini budget before Christmas, they'll they'll know before Christmas if they're going to lose their jobs on that basis. Well, we we haven't determined precisely what will be in the mini budget. That will depend on the recommendations that come to us from chief executives as well as what we're able to achieve in our legislative timetable. Okay, so in terms of savings, National will effectively cut benefit increases by $2 billion. What what will that mean for pensioners? Uh, National will be increasing benefits every year that we are in office and ensuring they keep up with the cost of living. We will not be changing the way that superannuation payments are calculated. They will continue to be indexed to the after-tax average wage. And in fact, pensioners can look forward to bigger increases in their pensions under national because they're tagged to after-tax average wages and after-tax average wages will be higher under national as a consequence of our tax reduction plan. Why are you creating two tiers of beneficiaries? Uh, I don't think that we are. Well, are pensioners beneficiaries? They get the universal benefit. It comes under the MSD um, ministry. It's a benefit. So are you creating two different tiers of beneficiaries? And what's the difference between them? 
I think many, if not most, pensioners would reject that characterisation. Superannuation is an entitlement in New Zealand, and I don't view it as a benefit. Right, so pensioners deserve to have their payments tagged to wages, but unemployed people do not. What we believe is the right principle is that benefits should always keep up with the cost of living. Now, what you saw this year, Lisa, was that the government's changed formula, which they changed in 2019. Do understand that, Nicola, but you're taking $2 billion out of benefit payments. I mean, it's in here in black and white on your spreadsheet. You intend to save $2 billion by changing by changing the volume of increases to benefits. So that's $2 billion that will not go into beneficiaries' back pockets. So what effect do you think that's going to have on households with children in them? As I was saying, this year the government was forced to intervene to in fact tie benefits to inflation because the cost of living had outpaced the increases they'd planned. We think that sort of on-again, off-again approach isn't right. We want to ensure that as a principle, benefits always keep up with the cost of living. Our policy will deliver that. For households, we will go further. We're also not going to add the petrol taxes that Labor is planning, which will add huge prices at the pump for beneficiaries who use cars. We're also not going to keep adding taxes to landlords, which will put upward pressure on the rents that beneficiaries pay. We're also going to achieve... Across the board, we are going to focus on lower inflation. Nicola, you are taking $2 billion from your own fiscal plan. You're taking $2 billion out of the pockets of beneficiaries. And I'm just going to ask you the question again and give you a chance to answer it. Are you going to send more children into poverty as a result of this? Because that's money that does not let to buy food. Well, we will be increasing benefits every year that we were in office. Let's move on. And we believe... That, we believe that's not that the, issue the worst. Well, that the, the worst contributor to child poverty is children being raised in benefit-dependent homes, and our commitment is that we will be wanting more people to move off welfare and into paid work. We right. believe that, that, that point, is a good thing to deliver. Yeah, on that point, Christopher Luxon said today, and these are his words, that you are going to create powerful jobs and powerful paychecks for people coming off welfare. What is a powerful paycheck, please? What, what, what level is a powerful paycheck? Well, a powerful paycheck is something that has been missing in recent years because a powerful paycheck is one that keeps up with the cost of living. So can, you put, a number on our can you put a number on it for today, please, so that we've got I some perspective see, here? Yes, yes yep, here's my on. number. I want wages growing faster than the cost of living. And in recent years, that has not been the case, and that has meant that people's real purchasing power has weakened. It has meant that many so households annual are salary, going backwards Nicola, financially. For a, for a beneficiary, an annual salary for a beneficiary that you are going to deliver a powerful paycheck to, what can they expect that paycheck to be per annum, please? What I've said, Lisa, is that what we mean by powerful paychecks is power, paychecks that in real terms are growing faster than the cost of living. What but we've seen in recent number? years... You can't name a number? What would that be? In, in today's economy, what would be a powerful paycheck? Is it, for example, $54,000 a year, which is the living wage? Is it that or is it more? As I've said, Lisa, that number will change every year because okay. it depends what, on what's you, happening with the cost of living and it so, depends on what's happening with inflation. There is no 
benefit to someone if their nominal pay increases, but so, then their costs for their rent, their mortgage, their groceries I think it's are going important up at to such be able an astronomical rate. An example that people can visualise. So when you talk about a powerful job for someone coming off welfare, which is what you have committed to creating today, and a powerful paycheck, if you can't tell me the value of the paycheck, can you tell me what the powerful job is, please? The realistic powerful job that will have this paycheck for someone coming off welfare. Can you give me one example? I am talking about powerful jobs for people doing work that brings dignity and independence, cleaning, driving buses, doing all sorts of jobs in our community, helping the aged, helping the sick, cleaning, doing gardens, all sorts of powerful jobs that make an immense contribution to our community, bring people financial independence, bring them dignity, allow them to contribute. Those are powerful jobs. We're almost out of time, but your prison um, expenditure, you've padded in for the extra prisoners, about 700 million just over for the extra prisoners that you expect as the result of your um, changes, tough on crime policy. Um, How many prison officers are we short in the country and where are you going to get them from with the extra prisoners? Well, what we know is that the prison muster under Labour has fallen by about 2,000 prisoners, and yet the number uh, of dollars going into our prisons hasn't reduced. So what we've provisioned for in our plan is more funding to allow for the extra costs that more prisoners may entail. I do understand that, and I've told told our audience that. 700 million extra dollars to accommodate the extra prisoners. How many prison officers are we short, and where will they come from for these extra prisoners? Well, we we will be recruiting extra prison officers, but bear in mind, Lisa, that this is over a four-year period, and so we will be recruiting those extra prison officers as they are required to maintain that prison population at safe ratios. And what we've done is we've funded this policy very conservatively. We funded it at the average per prisoner cost. In practice, it may be a little bit cheaper than that. Understand. uh, Because there, there are some efficiencies that will come through. We're going to have to go. Thank you so much for your time. That is Nicola Willis, who is National's finance spokesperson. They uh, revealed their 